What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Cycle 365. This is episode 7. I'm one of your hosts, Simon Villanos. I'm Cody Stoffer. And I'm Jesse Bitten. And we're going to talk about a bunch of sports, mostly football and baseball. But first off, we're going to start with the NFL with a little recap. So, 49ers versus the Cleveland Browns. They played in San Francisco on Monday Night Football. And uh, Cleveland got crushed. Right, guys? Yeah, they, they, they played like Browns, like a stain on pants. Oh, they really did. <laughs> yeah. What did you say earlier today, Cody? They, their offense struggled like our intramural team? Yeah, their offense looked a lot like our intramural Ooh, team. Not good. Very true. Their yeah, defense anyways. looked like, like our intramural defense as well. Oh. Which I run. But anyways. <laughs> so Wow, a self-roast. That's, that's different. Hard to come by. Gotta take accountability. But all right, so initial thoughts for both of y'all. The 49ers ran all over the Browns. I've never, I don't remember seeing a team run the ball with so many different backs and so many different ways. Like the play calling for the 49ers, I was impressed by. They had all this motion going on. The Browns never knew it was coming around. Marquise Goodwin had rushing yards. Tevin mm-hmm. Coleman had rushing yards. Matt Brietta had rushing Like it was a absolute attack. George Kittle had rushing yards. And just just the way that the Niners dominated on both sides of the line during this game, both on the offense with the running. And I believe that the Niners had four sacks on Baker Mayfield and he was running for his life the entire night. So that they played some old school football and they asserted their dominance on the Browns. Yeah, Nick Bosa had two sacks, right? Two sacks, yeah. Yep, that was good. Yeah. And he had a celebration. Yeah, he played the flag. Playing so, the flag and just like, what? Okay, go ahead. No one cares, Nick Bosa. Especially, wow. did you watch the video? I did. Yeah, I watched it. it. I yeah, watched it. but there's like two other like no name. Like, who are they? Like, they're like the trainers. The athletic trainers are also waving the flags right <laughs> next to them. So it's not like anything special. It's funny. See, here's what made it special when Baker Mayfield did it to the Ohio State Buckeyes <laughs> a couple years ago. First off, it was in Ohio State. And OU came in there and they won that game. It's also college football and this is like the NFL like, good job, Nick Bosa, you're getting paid to get two sacks. So congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's different. It's a different level of competition mm-hmm. and it's a different atmosphere between college and NFL. Yeah. And the fact that, okay, he's gonna celebrate that he's winning in San Francisco like he should be, it's not the same as what Baker Mayfield did. And I think it was really, a really dumb celebration. Yeah, but anyways, we're off topic. Let's get back to the actual game. Yeah. <laughs> Cody just go on rants half the time. But anyways, <laughs> keep going. Well, I know that I know that Simon wanted to talk about the flag a little bit too. I think he just wanted to agree with me, right? Yeah, That's well, I'm, I just I'm agreeing with you. I think it's whack too because like this Browns offensive line, we're going to go into this game. This Browns offensive line has been struggling all season. You know, they traded away arguably their best guard to the Giants, you know, last year for Odell. Um, they really haven't made any improvements on the offensive line. So they've they've been the weakest point. And I feel like a lot of people knew that going into this season, but they got distracted by the skill players. And it's showing badly because uh, this San Francisco defensive line is pretty good. So they should be wrecking havoc on the Browns offensive line. So the fact that he got two sacks, like, you know, good for him. That's fine. I mean, Baker's probably going to come back and throw five touchdowns on you later on anyway. So it doesn't matter. You'll see him for at least 10 or 15 more years. What is, isn't the starting tackle that Bosa was working against Greg Robinson, who's I don't cast no the Rams? I don't think so. Because Greg Robinson might be out, I thought. No, he was playing. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, he's a bust, so. Yeah. So, good job, Nick Bosa. You were beating Greg Robinson off the edge. Okay. Well, then here's the question. 
Are the 49ers for real, guys? No. I, Why? I don't, that's what we said last time. I mean, okay, but the Browns aren't a good football team. They're still 4 0. I mean, I guess. Okay, they beat but the Bengals. You know how many wins the Bengals zero. have? None. Zero. They beat the Browns. The Browns have two wins. Yeah. yeah. They beat the Steelers, and we have one. And it was literally right after Big Ben got hurt, too, so it shouldn't really even count. What was the third game? They beat the Buccaneers, who are, they only have two wins. So their opponent's combined win record is five wins and like Eight 10, long, yeah. 10 losses or well, something. So they play the Rams next week. So Ooh. we will get to see what they really are about. Yeah, because granted the Rams lost on Thursday Night Football. They lost to a Seahawks team that's looking really good right now. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, they're on the rise. They're yeah, on the, rise. the okay, Seahawks well, are then, definitely a Super Bowl contender. We'll talk about it right now. Just kind of thought of it. They're in the same division, so they're gonna they're gonna play each other. 49ers and the Seahawks. Who do you think wins? I think the Seahawks are gonna beat the 49ers. So do I. Yeah. I think the the Seahawks are the best team in the NFC West right now. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so too. Russell Wilson looks like a legit MVP candidate too. That's why he got paid. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He looks great. That looking that Seahawks defensive line is pretty nasty. I didn't. I forgot they signed Ezekiel Anza, and then you know you add in Jadavion Clowney. You got two really good tackles, you know, with uh, Jerron Reed and, uh, you know. They have, yeah. they, they have yeah, the other guy. Yeah. It's good. It's good across yeah, the board. Yeah. They have a good defensive line. They still got ba they still got Bobby Wagner there. You know, they still have some good linebackers. You still got Shaquille Griffin over there. Like, they, they got some guys that could play. And their cornerbacks are stepping up big time. They are. I think. And a part of that's definitely the benefit of playing with a good defensive line. Mm -hmm. But the Seahawks have a sneakily good defense. They have an MVP caliber quarterback. Yep. And whenever Chris Carson isn't fumbling the ball, he's a great running back. That's yes, true. They also have weapons for Russell Wilson to throw too. So yeah. yeah. Will Disley, DK Metcalf. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. Yeah. 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 They've all stepped up a lot. I think DK Metcalf, for a lot of people, still is still a little bit of a surprise. He's still pretty raw. Yeah. He's he's, he's raw for sure. Conversion that he should have caught yeah. against the Rams. He's raw for sure, but he'll get better. Yeah. That's the thing. So the the Niners are fake, and my proof is that I still will see this Sunday, I guess. But I'm predicting the Rams to beat the Niners and prove that the Niners are the third best team in the NFC West. All right, that's fair. We'll see. Right. We really will. Other news, surprising news. Not only that the Niners are undefeated, but the Chiefs aren't. They're not undefeated anymore. They lost to the Colts. Yeah, they did. Simon, you were talking about it a little bit earlier today. What happened in that game? I don't think the Chiefs played bad or anything, but I think this Colts defense definitely stepped up for this primetime game. Uh, they, this Colts defense has been going through a lot of injuries in their secondary too. Between Malik Hooker, you know, their corners, like I don't even know what string corner they're on. Yeah, I, but think, I think when I was watching the game, they said that they're every single defensive back on the field for the Colts is a backup. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. There's no starters. Yeah. So the fact that they stepped up, that's that's big time. You know, Darius Leonard and those boys, like they, they played really well, I felt. On the flip side, the Chiefs starting wide receivers aren't playing either. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Sammy Watkins was out. Tyreek Hill is out. Yeah. Yeah. So Watkins yeah. got hurt though. Pringle. Pringle, whatever his first name is. Marcus Pringle, I think. Byron. Rookie Byron Pringle, yeah. yeah. Um from Kansas State. I was gonna say sour cream and onion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's basically what the receivers are right now. But anyways. Yeah. I mean, um, don't get me wrong, it's still Patrick Mahomes. But yeah. it was Byron Pringle was, on backups. Yeah. Byron Pringle was their leading receiver. Yeah. I think also, if you look at the game, um, I think 
yeah, the uh, I think the Colts defensive line and offensive line just ran the table, both sides of the ball, their lines. Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin Houston, homecoming. Oh, yeah. He ran the table. He it was like, he made a statement saying, like, this is like a statement, like, in the game. And he didn't actually say this. But like a statement of yeah, like, why did you get yeah, why did you get rid of me? Like I own this place. Like this is my house. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was in Kansas City. Yeah, well, that was really crazy. But that's I think, a hard place to play. Yeah, but yeah. I think what I was getting at here is that the defensive line put enough pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and I think they even they twisted his ankle a few times and everything like that. And he just wasn't the same Patrick Mahomes when he was hurt. I mean, is, no. Yeah, I mean, he was still good. I mean, he was still good, but I'm just saying, like, the pressure got to him. Oh, yeah, they were they're struggling for sure. The the rushing pressure, not the pressure of the big game. The yeah. rushing. It, it, yeah. And it's not like, and it's not like you know, he can't handle a blitz. No. It's just the Chiefs' line was basically a strainer for the whole game, and the Colts were just getting through. You're right. Oh, yeah. The coaching for the Colts' defense is really good. And then on offense, I felt like they really controlled the ball well. Yeah. Uh, Brissett didn't have many. Did he only have one turnover, right? I don't think it was even that he threw bad. threw one pick. Yeah. He threw one yeah. pick. It was a bad Tyron pick. Matthews, but yeah, he threw it right to him. That's but. right. But see, after that, though, he was he was real consistent. He was good, like he's always been. And then Marlon Mack, they just fed him the ball. I know he went yeah, off that, for like 130 yards. That offensive line is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They're so good. And yeah. in the beginning... One of the announcers even said, you know, this Chiefs defense struggles against the run. And then, boom, 20-yard run. Boom, yeah. 10, yeah. 5, 10. T- like, They're yeah. gashing them. Watching the, Colts, watch. watching the Colts' offensive line play, they are very big and very athletic for how big they are. It's insane. They're all fast, and it's crazy, and they, they don't stop. Like, they're... Animals. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're some they tough control. guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're real tough down there in the trenches. And I don't think the Chiefs should panic. I think this is a big win for the Colts. This is a confidence booster right here, especially for Brissett, who right now I'm pretty sure is top five in the league in touchdown passes, oh, yeah, too. Is. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. The, you can kind of say that the Colts are like the antithesis to the Browns right now. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, they don't have the – I mean, they still have T.Y. Hilton and, you know, Marlon Mack, but it's not the – star power of OBJ and Jarvis Landry, but they have a line. And you can see the difference between the two teams. Mm-hmm. Not yep. only in like, not only in obviously the wins column where the Colts have one more win, but in the way that they stay competitive in games too. For sure, yeah. It helps having a really good running game, you know, and then having a quarterback that, you know, can make plays when you need it to. He's, I won't say he's a seasoned vet, but he's, he's a vet with enough experience where he won't lose you games. And he might even win you some games if, you know, his confidence keeps building and whatnot. Yeah. I think he's currently a game manager. Yep. Anyone mm-hmm. disagree with that Jacoby Brissett no. analysis? No. no. I don't disagree. He's a very efficient game manager, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. There's a reason thing. why he leads, or not leads the league, but he's top five in touchdown passes. Like, no one thinks about it, but Marlon Mack is a very good running back. I mean, I think he's on my fantasy team. This my is fantasy my second straight team. year. Yeah. I, I still haven't had him, so I don't. Know, I don't know the truth about Marlon Mack. Well, I mean, like he's just like like everyone. No one really sees him because you have people like Christian McCaffrey yep. and Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson and all these big no, names. No disrespect to those guys. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like, and I'm still saying that they're probably better than Marlon Mack. But Marlon Mack at this point could he could be right there at the bottom of that that pack pushing his way in. That's true. Did y'all see that one? 
it was a tweet, but it was the draft class of the yeah, uh, running back class where Marlon Mack came out. Running backs. That's that. I just saw. Inclu- oh, yeah. Included Aaron Jones, who popped off for four touchdowns and gashed the Cowboys yep. mm-hmm. on That's Sunday. True. You're right. And, well, the Cowboys aren't so legit now that they face some winning teams. All right, hold on. Before we go into the Cowboys, that's next I know. I just want to tell you something hilarious. Our friend Zach bet on the Colts winning and he won $600. That's true. That's not funny. It just makes me sad. Well, because I lost but... 150 bucks at a casino. <laughs> and Zach's out here just throwing money out and he just wins yeah. on sports betting. Anyways, Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. All right. So, Cowboys. thoughts about the Cowboys? They're fakes, right? Yes. Yep. They're imposters. Hey, Simon, what did you say that the Cowboys were going to do during the in NFL preview? In the NFL preview. I said they'll go to the Super Bowl. How are you feeling about that? I still feel pretty good about it. I don't Ooh. think they should panic right now. The Saints game was a game they should have won. They're going to learn from that and move forward. This game against the Packers, it got away from them real fast. And, like, I think it was just, honestly, the offense was just struggling in the first half. And they got, they found themselves in a hole that really, it wasn't manageable, you know. And so I can't blame them. The offense needs to get going faster. Or, well, Dak needs to get going faster. Well, here's so. the thing. If you saw Amari Cooper's bobble that led to an interception, oh, I did. That one's not on Dak. No, it was a. I, it wasn't a great ball, but it was a good ball. And you know, if you're if you're trying to be an elite receiver, even a top ten receiver in the league, well, I'll even say top twenty. You need to catch those balls because first off, there's barely anybody on you, so you probably would have scored. And then second, it hit you right in the hands. And it wasn't like way too far behind or anything. It was just a simple tip. I mean, well, it was just a simple drop that turned into a pick that kind of like, I don't want to say set the tone for that offense, but it really did, you know, because that's, that's, that's a confidence, uh, you know, that, or that's a demoralizing play for sure. So, I don't know. I think this Cowboys offense or team really will be okay. I think their defense was struggling a little bit too because it is Aaron Rodgers. He always has something to prove against the Cowboys. He, that's just how it is. You know, I'm not even gonna call it Jerry's world anymore. I'm gonna call it Aaron's world. Yeah, it, I he mean has, it should be. Yeah, he has won how how many games there since he's been there? An incredible amount. A solid. Number. It's hilarious yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think the Cowboys should panic. Uh, Packers came out and played great, especially following following that Eagles loss at home. You know, because that was a tough one too. That was a real tough one. But I thought the Cowboys. You know, they just it was just one of those things where it kind of got away from them. You know, I don't think this is a team that's a very you know, that's a comeback kind of team, which sounds bad, but like, if they get down by more than, I'd say three scores, then they're, or even two scores, they're then I think they're done. They're not built to play from behind. No, That's no. not a bad thing. Yeah, no, because I'll be honest, I have doubts about Amari Cooper. He's he's given me reasons to doubt him after watching him these last couple games. I just, I don't know. I want to say he's their top receiver, but that's not saying much. And I want to say, you know, he's uh, one of the top receivers in the league, but, you know, he's, he's so inconsistent. And that's really the is. thing. That's why the Raiders trade him. He had so many drops in Oakland. That's true. But when he's good, he's good. You just, I don't know. It's just, it might be a mentality thing that they need to work through. But uh, that's that's Dallas's problem now. You know, they need to bounce back. That's it. Because now they're on a two-game winning, losing streak. And they need, to, they need to get back into the saddle. So Simon's saying don't panic. No. Jesse, yeah. what did you have to say about the Packers? I, and if you go back to the initial preview, listen, I said the Packers are going to be in the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> I do think that they are the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I think they can beat all of them. All I agree. Every other, every other NFC. I think they'd even beat okay. the Seahawks if they played. 
I think it'd be a fantastic game. That would be. And if I was a Green Bay fan, I would hope that I'd have the first seat because I'd hate to play in Seattle in the playoffs. Yeah, but I'm gonna be honest. I still think Aaron Rodgers can get it done in Seattle. Uh, He hasn't yet. Yeah, it'll be a tough. I think he would. It'll be a tough win. It'd be tough. Like I wouldn't say it's like clear cut necessarily, Mm -hmm. but the Packers are looking really good and they're showing diversity on offense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers didn't even throw a touchdown on Sunday. Didn't need to. Aaron Jones. He ran. Went off. No, ran. he did. He did throw one. Oh. He threw one. He threw one to Aaron. Aaron Jones. Oh, so, so there you go. It's the Aaron Jones show. Yeah. 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 That was. Oh man. So just the <laughs> the diversity that they have on offense, and then that defense is also really solid, and they force turnovers and they play fast. Which it's probably the best Green Bay defense since they went to the Super Bowl back in. 2011? I don't remember. Something Simon, you're like a Steelers that. fan. What, when when did you guys like lose to the Packers? And they came to Dallas, too, because it was, uh, that's what was in Dallas. So I'm pretty sure it was 2011. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I agree. This is a young defense, too. A really good young defense. So they obviously have room to grow. So they'll be growing pains for sure. So if they struggle, you know, they struggle. But anyways, we're going to go to another team in the NFC East. That is definitely struggling way more than the Cowboys have, or really ever have, in the last 25 years. I'm pretty sure they've only went to the playoffs three times in 25 years. That's what I heard what Stephen A. Smith said on first take today. But the Washington Redskins fired Jay Gruden after he lost their fourth straight game to the New England Patriots, which was expected. They started Colt McCoy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of see why, but at the same time, you know, I... Why? Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, Dan Snyder said that that had nothing to do with the firing, not playing Haskins. No, that's true. But However, go on. Okay, while I don't think Jay Gruden's a good coach, I don't think that the Redskins are a well-ran organization because their owner's an idiot. Yeah, they're dysfunctional. Right? You agree? Yeah. Done. You know that they have, like, no coach has gone more than four seasons with the Redskins? In the, really? Since 1999. Since 1999. Really? How yeah. many seasons did Except Jay for Jay Gruden. Gruden. Oh, Except oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you. That's uh, that's interesting, actually. They fired Marty Schottenheimer after an 8-8 eight eight season. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, see, this is an organization that, kind of like the New York Knicks, if they don't get rid of their owner, they're not going to be good. As long as the Knicks have James Dolan, the Knicks aren't ever going to compete. Same with Dan Snyder and the Redskins. I think this is a dysfunctional organization with a messed up culture and what's funny is that like their front office doesn't even acknowledge that their culture is all like screwed up you know they say oh no he didn't get fired they literally said he didn't get fired because the team culture was bad it just wasn't a good fit and i feel like that's that's a real bad you know like view to have of your team that obviously is i i I don't see how he could think that way i really don't the unfortunate thing for Washington Redskins fans is that he's not that old either. No, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> there to, to stay. Do this for a really long oh time. yeah, he's there to stay. Unless this guy's gonna donate some money and we we can go go buy the Redskins. Well, you know, it, let's see what the audience has to say. If they start to go fund me for Jesse Simon and Cody to buy the Redskins and turn it around. We're going to make it. it a poll. Should the Cycle 365 buy the Washington Redskins? <laughs> yes. yes. We're going to make it a poll. Let's do yes. it. Okay, great. Please vote for this poll. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> it will be. We want to buy the Redskins. We want to. That's going to be the hashtag on this pad- podcast. 
the Cycle 365 buys the Redskins. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it viral, too. We'll get it viral. Yeah, we will. We'll be, but we will, any, if there's any Washington fans listening to this, we will take care of you. We will. Oh, I promise you. Oh, so we're like, are there, Cody and Jesse are qualified. They're both the sports marketing majors. Sports right? admin, yeah. We're sports, sports admin, admin right majors. now. We know how it works. You're right. They do. Cody's going to run the business side. I'm going to do the scouting. Simon's going to coach the team. We'll, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But have you all heard about the rumors about the Washington Redskins and uh, the coaches they want to go after? Yeah, they're talking about Mike Tomlin. They are. You must be excited. <laughs> I read a couple articles about it, actually. It's either Mike Tomlin or Todd Bowles. So, I don't think Todd Bowles would be... Okay, here's the thing. If Mike Tomlin's smart, he won't take the job because it's the Redskins. And Todd Bowles, it's not going to work with him just because, I mean... It, because the Redskins are broken, like they'll probably wait one season. He'll probably go like three and thirteen or four and twelve with their trash roster, and then he'll get fired. So like, if if you're a head coach, don't work for the Redskins. But see, I don't think this roster is that bad because you still got Haskins, right? You yep. got guys. You got uh, your young left guard Brandon Scherf. You got McLaren, the, mm-hmm. the receiver. Yeah, scary the receiver. Terry. Yeah, mm-hmm. scary Terry. You got a pretty young defensive line between Jonathan Allen, Der, uh, is it De'Aaron or, yeah, De'Aaron Payne. You, I mean, you still got Kerrigan there too, I guess, and you know some some other dude guys for sure. No, this still is a disrespecting Kerrigan. Oh, you know he's it's like three over years thirty. Since I he's truth. over thirty. It's fine, but <laughs> this Washington team has some talent. So I, there are definitely worse situations you could be in, like Miami. So yeah. there's that. But you got some people to build around, and I think Haskins, like I mean, yeah, he didn't look great against the Giants, but felt like the wa- I I literally looked over it and did a little you know film analysis of it. The Redskins were calling some very questionable play calling for Dwayne Haskins. They'd throw it on every down one drive, and then they'd run it on every down the next, and you know it kind of just doing that kind of stuff just messes with the quarterback's confidence. It reminds mm-hmm. me of the way uh, Mike Pettin. And the Cleveland Browns handled the whole Johnny Manziel situation, like either making him throw every down or making him run like weird little like read option plays that forces him to run, even though he's not a mobile quarterback. So I think, I don't know, I think this, there could be worse teams. And also with the whole Mike Tomlin thing, I did see that if Washington was to offer picks for Tomlin, there are a lot of reasons why the Steelers would take it, especially it was a first round pick because you know with Mike Tomlin he had this will probably be his second straight down season where the Steelers don't make the playoffs and you know just how this organization is run ran in the history of it that's that's really bad <laughs> you know and I've known I know Steelers fans have been you know spoiled because we've had so much success but you know that's that's almost unacceptable with the amount of talent we have and the amount of great drafting and scouting that we have done. So I think it might come down to, you know, Mike Tomlin agreeing like, all right, well, I'm not going to wait for next season because I think next season would be the hot seat season, if anything, for me to get fired. We'll just make it, you know, we'll keep it peaceful, professional. We'll just part ways right now instead. Kind of like what Marvin Lewis did with the Bengals. So I don't know. Hey, if Washington was to offer draft picks, if I was the Steelers, I'd take it in a heartbeat. Give me a first. <laughs> Literally, it could only be a first, and I'll be okay with that. Because Washington's going to have a high first drop pick. Wait, can you trade 
picks for coaches? Yes. You That's can? how John Gruden went to the Buccaneers back in the early 2000s. That's true. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So co- coaches have no say in it either. They're like players. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they'll offer. I think it's just gonna happen. I don't I'm think like, they'll offer a first round. Pick. I don't think but they're they gonna can, offer anything. I don't think it's gonna be a trade. We all. haven't had really? a trade for a coach since John Gruden. Yeah. We'll see. Dan Snyder, he's dysfunctional. <laughs> he's you don't know. Off, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, he's, he's a little crazy. He might he might be like, oh, Mike Tomlin. He has a Super Bowl. One Super for every Super Bowl he has, I'll give you a first round pick. <laughs> Well, I guess it'd only be one. For every Super Bowl appearance you have, I'll give you a first-round pick. Simon dreaming big. That's a Steelers fan this week. It yeah. could happen. All right. Well, so the Redskins hurting. Yeah. Anything else we're talking about? In the we'll have there? we'll have to see where Washington goes with that because it's it's a mess. Yeah. But yeah, the Broncos, the Broncos won. won. Oh, they did win. One and four, they beat the Chargers. We should be three yeah. and two. Well, we really should. We really should. No, we really should. You know. No, we really should. Y'all, I don't really know, should man. Be but Simon, we really know. should. I, did you watch the games? I did. Lost? I the watched Bears all game. the games. You think we should have lost we the Bears game? I mean, no. That, okay. Okay. There's, what so about, but what there's about no the guarantee. What about? There's no guarantee y'all would have won it if that call went differently, though, is there? It took him from the 22-yard line to, like, the 38-yard line. Oh or, like, even... The, okay, well... That's a huge difference. That's, so like, even 15 act- yards, right? Yeah, and you know that, like, the final catch that they had was, like, at the kicker's field goal. It was like, It was also line. on third down. But anyways, okay. moving on. We should be 3-2, and two, but in hindsight, we got our first win. The Broncos got the first win. And I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy that we're not going to be winless. Yeah, and we they also probably, we'll probably win like six no, games. No, I think they're going to. I think they're going to win next week. They're playing the Titans in Denver. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be the. We can beat the Titans. I think it's going to be the first home game we're going to win. I think we're going to beat the Titans. So y'all are y'all officially getting off the bandwagon for tanking for Tua? I don't think we need to tank for Tua. Me and Simon. Oh, okay, really? I'm going to be honest. Me and Simon were talking about a mock draft, like what it looks like right now. Yeah. And like, it's probably not going to happen. But it's possible that Tua could be there at seven for the Broncos. There are a number of quarterbacks that could be there at seven. Yeah. Looking so at like, what you don't really need to tank for Tua. That's true, actually. Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm fine. We do need a quarterback. Yeah. Well, and none of the problems that we talked about last week suddenly got fixed. No, 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 no. No, there's still a lot of issues with this yeah. team. Yeah. You want you want to know the? Okay. Here's the sole reason. Okay. Not maybe not the sole reason. But a very, very high reason why the Broncos won this game is Kareem Jackson played like a man. He made a, he stuffed him, he stuffed Austin Eckler at the line, at the goal line, right? And he made some ridiculous plays on defense. And like, I'm gonna give 25% of this win to him. Like, 25. Yeah. I mean, okay, we've okay. been we've been playing really hurt too this year. Like yeah. Kareem Jackson, he's been. He's been in the game, he's been out of the game, but he was in the game and he showed that he was a good signing. Yeah. We've been playing without Juwan James. Yeah. Which is obviously a problem. And the offensive line played pretty decent this week. That's true. Dalton Reisner was a great, great, great draft pick. Yeah. He's a dude. Well, I think you said earlier, I don't know if it was on the podcast, but I definitely remember you saying, like, Dalton Reisner might have been the the steal of the draft. Oh, absolutely. In the second round, like, he might be one of the best offensive line. And he could play. I could see it. He could play guard, center, or guard. Like, he's interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a good interior lineman. I'll give him credit. And I mean, he's the reason that Philip Lindsay scored against the Packers a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you remember, I remember that. that. He grabbed, he grabbed yeah. Philip Lindsay, who had two other end. men on him, and, and just threw him into the end zone. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a man play right there. Yeah. I was watching that one live too. Yeah. So there's, we won. There's a little bit, maybe a little up. bit of hope over on the horizon, but not. 
though. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not singing playoffs yet. Not yet. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> well, I feel like we have a better chance than the Steelers. I definitely do. Mason okay. Rudolph's goofy well, looking helmet. <laughs> he got knocked out. What do you mean? <laughs> hey, bro. You were talking to me the other day. We were talking about this the other day, and I'm like, bro, did you see Mason Rudolph's ridiculous helmet? You're like. Hey, give him a break. He just got paralyzed. I was like, no, son, he didn't get paralyzed. Okay, he got well, he out, looked but... like he was, bro, he got hit pretty badly. And the way his body just, like, went yeah, dead was out. really scary. He just got knocked out. That's happened before. I mean, he definitely, <laughs> yeah. he definitely didn't know where he was. No. He got up, he's like, I'm Mason he's like, Rudolph. I'm, I'm true. Rudolph Mason, and I play for the Rudolph Steelers Mason. Pittsburgh, but I'm ready to go. I'm still good. He yeah, said, I'm he, good. He's saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And one of the offensive linemen gave a hilarious look after talking. He's, he rolled his eyes and looked away because he knew, yeah, this kid better not be playing right now. <laughs> See, for the record, Mason made that throw. It was a great throw to James Washington. <laughs> It was like a 20-yard throw, so I'm proud that he stuck in there and made the play. Yeah, he was, was looking really good. And I don't want to get too far into this, you know, about the Steelers, but, uh, yeah, it's just one thing after another with injuries. You can't catch a break. It happens. I felt like we would have beat the Ravens if Mason stayed in. And, you know, even even our backup, our undrafted guy, uh, Hodges, he played pretty well. And it, it, was, it just came down to Juju fumbling the ball. On a Classic. very well placed, no, don't disrespect him. <laughs> on a I mean, very well placed, year, yeah. But this one was different because he, Marlon Humphrey just he just punched the ball perfectly. He tried it before and then he got thrown down. Nobody wants to remember that that Marlon Humphrey got thrown down on the goal line and then Juju scored on him. But you know, Marlon Humphreys choking Odell one week and then making Juju choke the next week. Pause. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyways, the Ravens are looking good though. But we're going to move forward. Yep. That's the end of this segment. Yep. Remember uh, on the NFL. Remember to, to vote for our uh, our poll here. Should the cycle buy, buy the Washington Redskins? And if you guys say yes, we'll start GoFundMe for it. You know, we'll, I've been working we'll on my credit for a few too. years, so I might be able to get a loan for yeah. like a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But we need your guys' help. So. Wait, hold on. Is there anybody famous that comes from the Washington, Maryland area? I'm trying to think of somebody that comes I'll look to mind up. first. All right. So uh, we just did the research. Samuel L. Jackson, Stephen Colbert, <laughs> it's Bill Nye the Science Guy, and Bill Nye the Science Guy hit us up, and we'll all buy the Washington Redskins <laughs> together and run them. Yeah. Coming up next, college football. Me and Jesse are gonna do a little breakdown of this last week of college football and how the season's been going so far. All right, y'all. Welcome back to this segment of the Cycle Three Six Five. Me and Jesse here. We're gonna talk about college football. First off, we're going to review this last weekend of college football. First off, we got Michigan versus Iowa. Michigan wins a big one versus Iowa. Jesse, what's what's your reaction to this? Um, well, I think if you really look at it, it was a very there's only one touchdown scored in the game. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> it was a running it was a rushing touchdown in the first quarter. Um, but I think it it shows that finally Michigan's defense showed up like they were supposed to. Like they they sacked uh, the Iowa quarterback, I think like six times and made him throw three interceptions or something like that. Okay. And so like, they showed up and played like Michigan defense is supposed to. Um, but, and yeah, like you said, they got a they got a big win against a good conference team in the Big Ten in Iowa. Iowa's a good team. And so like, I think it was it was a do or die moment for the Michigan Wolverines. Like they needed to win that game. Otherwise it was over for them. Fair enough. So I still, I still don't think they're gonna win the Big Ten at all. But it was just a step in the right direction. They finally got a win. Maybe Jim Harbaugh won't. Yeah, maybe. I think 
It could definitely be a confidence booster, but at the same time, I think they're done. I mean, you know, yeah. they'll probably make some obscure bowl or whatever, but they're not winning the Big Ten. They're not going to the college football playoffs. I'd be surprised if they finished in the top six or seven yeah, no in the way. rankings, but yeah, that's not going to happen. Anyways, let's stay in the Big Ten for now. We have Ohio State versus Michigan State, where Ohio State just smashed Michigan State. Yeah. Justin Fields went off. Yeah, so did J.K. Dobbins. I think, That's true, yeah. I think that it put, I think, so we were talking about, we'll get into this later in the season, about mock drafts and all these, like, running backs that are coming through and everything. Like, But I think with J.K. Dobbins, he was kind of flying under the radar a little bit, but I think this game in primetime Saturday night put him on the map. I think he is one of the top three or top four, top five. You could say running backs that would get drafted. He definitely is a solid back. I believe so too. He's a he's a all around back mm-hmm. actually. You know, you could run it, you could catch it, all that great stuff. Yeah. This was a big time win. It solidifies Justin Fields, you know, campaign for the Heisman. Where what, what do you think about Justin Fields right now moving forward and like, you know, all the hype around him because it's building. I know there are some people out there too that are like trying to project him to, you know, to a team not obviously not this year, but probably after next year. You know, yeah. and there, he's linked to the Carolina Panthers, getting linked to being Cam Newton's replacement, even though Kyle Allen's playing well. But what do you think about well, Justin Fields? Well, that's true. Will Greer's there, too. Yeah. But that that's just one rumor. But anyways, yeah. what do you think about Justin Fields uh, so far? He's, he's very good. I think Iowa State or Ohio State is for real. Yeah? I think Ohio State is for real. I think that I personally think, I don't know if I was telling you or Cody, I think they're going to make the college football playoff. I think they're going to make the championship. Um, I think they can win it. I really do. Uh, I think Justin Fields is, I think, I think if the light of the intel shows you have Ohio State and Alabama playing in the national championship, and I think Justin Fields and Ohio State would beat Alabama. That's an interesting take. Alabama's defense has looked a little suspect yeah, this year, I think, too. I think, and it's just a testament to Justin Fields. I think he is a very good quarterback. I still don't think he'll win the Heisman, but I definitely think that he's in the conversation, and he's one of those top quarterbacks. For sure. I'll stand by what I said about Justin Fields at the beginning of the season. I think he's a very talented football player. And I think he's great. You know, but I'm still going off my what I saw from QB1. It looks like he's still immature. He hasn't really played a solid contender yet, in my opinion. Michigan was never really a contender, so there's that. And, you know, I think... We have to see moving forward. His, his confidence is building, though. So maybe when he does play an actual good team, his confidence will be at a very high level. So I'll, I'll say that right now. But anyways, we're moving on to the SEC. We had a big-time game between Florida and Auburn. Both these teams are undefeated. If both of them wanted to have a chance at the college football playoffs, they needed to win this game. Yeah. So Florida came away with the win. Yeah. What do you think, Jesse, about this win for uh, Florida? I just think Florida looked all around better. Yeah. I think their offense and their defense just look better than Auburn. Um, That's fair. Yeah. I mean, Tarask, their backup quarterback there to um, Franks, he looked fine. Like, Yeah, he looked he good. Looked, yeah, he, he looks like he can make the throws confidently, and they have a good offense, a bunch of athletes on offense, but their defense looks ridiculously good. Oh, yeah. Um, they shut Bo Nix and <clears throat> in, in the Auburn offense down. Caused a lot of turnovers, and uh, granted, Bo Nix is very young. Yeah, he is. Um, he's a freshman, true freshman, so... That's that's the thing, but um, I think they do have a good defense, and I think they're a very well-coached all-around team, and they're good, and I think they can definitely make a push at Georgia for the South, SC South. I feel that. I really I, I like 
I like Florida, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't think they'd win. I kind of picked Auburn to win, but barely, you know, Bo Nix, the Auburn quarterback, he's a true freshman, you know, his, his age, his experience definitely showed, which is fine. You know, it, this is a growing game for him mm -hmm. for sure. So, you know, I mean, Auburn, they, they're having a good season right now. I still think they are, but you know, it's, it's a lot to ask out of a true freshman to go on and, you know, make the college football playoffs or even win the SEC. Yeah. You know, so that's okay. But Florida, they're going to be, you know, they're, they're continuing to roll. They're impressing me. I was about to write them off, but, uh, you know, they're, they're for real. They have another gigantic game this coming week, though. They do. It's Let's LSU. talk about it. Yeah, Florida, LSU. Is it, it's in LSU, right? Yeah, it's in, it's in, it's in Louisiana. Yeah, so what do we think about this Valley. game? Oh, man, this is a tough game. I think, I think just the fact that it's, that it's in Death Valley, I think. I think Joe Burrow and LSU are going to win. Yeah. Just because it's that. there. I think if it was at a neutral site, I think Florida might win. And if it was obviously in Florida, they would win. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just think the fact that it's at LSU, I think LSU will win. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I'm, I'm going to predict LSU wins by a touchdown. I could see that too, actually. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Definitely tune into that one if you like college football. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. And it's going to be fun to watch. I believe it. Both these teams are very physical. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be extre an extremely physical game. If Florida does come out with the win... It's going to be because of their defense. Oh, yeah. It will be because of their defense. And I think it will finally be time to admit that this Florida team is for real. Mm -hmm. You know, And they could... You know, they, they might be able to compete. It's crazy because there's so many SEC teams that are good between Alabama and Georgia already. And then LSU, who still has a pretty good case, you know, of making it in. If LSU beats Florida, they're still rolling, you know. That's that's a big-time thing for them. With Florida, if they beat LSU, I feel like that would be almost a miracle to a degree. If Florida beats LSU, you think it's a miracle? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a miracle. I would just say, I would probably say they get outcoached. But possibly. I, I don't think it would be a miracle. I don't, like I said, but I don't think Florida will win, but I don't think it would be a miracle if they did. Okay, I mean, well, Florida is on their backup quarterback, and it's in LSU, too. Yeah. So it's a lot It's a lot of things to ask out of a backup quarterback, you know, <clears> who's <throat> presumably young, and this Florida team. And I think the difference for the defense is, like, well, Bo Nix, like you said, is very young, whereas Joe Burrow's a senior, very, very, a veteran, very. Yeah, he's a seasoned vet, seasoned for sure. Vet, yeah, so yeah. He, that's the difference. So I think LSU will win. Okay. All right, so speaking of big-time games. Let's stay in the SEC for now. We got Alabama versus Texas A&M. Alabama should probably win this game, right? They should definitely win it. I don't think it's... Don't, it's a big game, yes, between two top 25 teams, but I don't think it's that big of a game. I think Alabama will roll. Oh, yeah. Easy. Or they should. This Alabama defense needs to step it up, though. Mm -hmm. They've been a little suspect. So, getting a shutout against A&M will be big. I don't think they'll shut up A&M, but they'll really? definitely win. If they keep them under 15, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so last game we're going to talk about coming up this weekend that me and Jesse are just going to do a little preview of and make our predictions. It's the Red River rivalry between OU versus Texas. This is a big-time game for both oh, teams. This is, the, this is the biggest game in the Big 12. Oh, yeah. If either of these teams want to make it into the college football they playoffs, have to win this one. yeah, this is a must-win already. So, as always, the Red River rivalry will be played in Dallas, Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Right, right. It's yeah, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, in the Cotton Bowl. I, I literally live there. But, yeah, I just had to make sure. So it's a huge game. We got two really good quarterbacks. Two guys who could go in the early rounds of this year's draft. We got Sam Ellinger, 
on the Texas Longhorns. He's been lifting them up over some pretty tough teams between West Virginia, Oklahoma State, pretty much winning in shootouts in all of those games. You know, definitely bouncing back from that LSU loss where he still played pretty well. Then you have Jalen Hurts, who is red hot, leading the Heisman race right now. So, Jesse, just straight up, who's going to win this game and how and by how much? Um, I'll first do my little analysis of this. So, okay. Um, Oklahoma's defense struggled with Kansas last week. Their offense and defense struggled with Kansas. If you watch the game, they they didn't really get rolling until midway through the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a point where Kansas was actually winning. Yeah. But um, so that was a bit of a scare for Oklahoma. But I do think in the end, I think Oklahoma is going to beat Texas. I think just because of Jalen Hurts. Okay. Um, I think he's going to outplay Sam Ellinger, and he is going to lead that team to victory. Okay, that's I think, fair. I think he's going to have a big day. And so I think Oklahoma will shore up some of those things that they saw against Kansas, and it won't happen at Kansas. Okay, that's fair. I will pick Texas. Yeah, I you know, know Just will. to play devil's advocate, also I'm biased. You know, I think – here's the thing, though. So Jalen Hurts has a steal – mentality as in like he has a very strong mentality like he nothing gets to him he's a tough guy Mm -hmm. but with Sam Ellinger I think he's the same way in his own you know in his own way as a quarterback I think he's he's a mentally tough guy he'll keep you in the game and he'll Mm -hmm. he's he'll he'll battle for sure so it's not going to be an easy win by any means Mm -hmm. if anything you know well it just depends on like the cast around these two but I think they're going to battle it out for sure and it's going to be explosive yeah and you know i I think you know maybe Texas they might have Oklahoma's number. They some some every other year they do, you know. And then either way they'll probably meet in the conference championship anyway. So yeah, again, so yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter yeah. to a degree, to a degree. For it matters more for Texas than it does Oklahoma. for Oklahoma. Yeah, because if if Oklahoma wins, everyone's like, oh yeah, Oklahoma won. Like, yeah, everyone expected that. Um, but if Texas wins, then it's like, oh wow, Texas won. Yep, and then Texas is right back into. The- College football playoff race, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, because they've been they've been treading water right now. Yeah, so I think I think we'll when see. you go back to your idea of like both they both both quarterbacks have just a, a steel mentality or whatever, I think I just think Jalen Hurts has a better a better goal in mind, like a better thing he's fighting for. Like he wants that shot at Tua in Alabama. That's true. Um, and I just, I don't think he'll be derailed from that. I think he's gonna, I think they're gonna and finish winning. The Big 12, I think they're going to go undefeated in the Big 12. Um, and then I think they're going to make it into the playoff. And I think oh, it's going to be a battle in the top four. It really is. Oh, yeah. So, it will be. I but think, I think go on, final, yeah, final prediction, I think it is going to be a very high-scoring game. Oh, yeah. I think – I still do think Oklahoma wins by two touchdowns. Really? By 14 points. Yeah, I think, it, okay. I think it's somewhere around the 48 rate. Like, <coughs> Oklahoma scores around the 48-point range. And uh, – Sam Ellinger and Texas score about 35 range, stuff like that. Okay, that's fair. I was going to say 45-38 Texas. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit closer. It's it's going to be a really exciting shootout. For NFL scouts, this is the game to go to. Yeah. This <laughs> you know, this is the game to go to if, you, if you're looking for a quarterback, and I know there are some teams out there that are <laughs> at the Dolphins and, you know, everybody else that comes after the Dolphins, potentially. I think this is the game to go to, and it's going to be exciting. You know, it's going to be such an entertaining game as always. It's definitely picked up in the past couple years. Mm-hmm. It's definitely picked up, so we'll uh, we'll have to see where that is. But anyways, that's the end of this segment. Coming up next, we're going to do a quick little rundown of all things sports. We're going to talk a little bit about hockey, some XFL football, 
and then preseason NBA basketball coming up next. Welcome back to the Cycle 365. We're going to do a quick rundown of sports. Jesse, do you want to start? Yeah, I got I guess so I'm going to... If you don't know yet, hockey has started. Cody? Sorry, I got no reaction from you from that. Woo! <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> um, so, yes, hockey has started. Um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of just top few teams in each conference. In the Eastern Conference, you have Carolina, 4-0. Yeah, for the first time yeah, in first, a long time. Yeah, they did make the playoffs last year and made a run. Um, so they are on the rise. Yeah, they're a bunch of jerks. Aho. If you watch hockey, then you know. Yeah, but Aho is their uh, their young rookie, and he's looking well, looking good. Um, but just right behind them is uh, Washington yeah. Capitals. They the only are... good thing happening in Washington right now. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, so they're right behind them in the second in the Eastern Conference, and then if you look at the Western Conference, you have Edmond, Edmonton, and Anaheim. Anaheim, yes, I said Anaheim. See, with those teams, we'll it's just tough. have to see if they sustain it for the whole season. You're right. Because it's, it's a long season. It is a long season. Um, but we'll just really also touch on the Avalanche real fast because we like the Avs. <coughs> yeah, yeah. They started, they are 2-0. They started at 2-0. And Miko Rantanen is worth every penny that we yes. get. Yes, yes he is. He, yeah, Miko Rantanen is playing well. Uh, he already has four goals, I believe. Four goals or four points, something like that. Oh, maybe it's three goals or four points. Anyway, he has, he's leading the team in goals. <laughs> yeah, and Phil Grubauer is looking great yeah, in his first season as, as a true starter. True starter yeah. season, so. Um, so that's really um, all there's to talk about hockey right now. It's just started. Uh, there have I, been some big already four four goal games by a few players. Detroit had one. Uh, the Oilers Edmonton had one tonight as we recorded this podcast. One of the players scored four goals. Um, there's one of them I forgot. But hockey's pretty exciting right now. Like, tune in if you like sports. Hey, yeah. I'm about to make y'all jealous. I'm going to the outdoor game on the Avs. Come here on February 15th. Ooh. Come here? The yeah. Avs come here? Well, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're playing in course. They're playing in course. Okay. I'm going to be at that game. Okay. All right. Just make you jealous. Anyways, that's it for hockey. So, I guess it's my turn. And we're going to talk some NBA basketball. For those who haven't watched any preseason, Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to be a threat. LeBron has brought out the headband. Yes. So, he means business this year. And Anthony Davis in his preseason debut. Now, I know it's preseason, but the chemistry looked right. And something that people forget about is how well Rondo and Davis worked together in New Orleans and how alley-oops just came to them naturally. And Rondo threw Davis three alley-oops in the opener. And he came out with 17 points and four blocks in very limited time in the preseason game. Another preseason news, the Thunder just beat the Mavericks with Steven Adams hitting a three pointer in the defender's face. Right. So, and Chris Paul's first bucket as a Thunder was a three pointer. It doesn't mean that I'm hopeful, but it just feels good to know that we won something this year, even if it was a preseason game. The Pelicans look really good. Zion put up 16 Zion in his did. debut, and Zion he was really posterizing. Yeah, it was insane. What a dunk. Yeah, he's gonna be a monster. Yeah. Hopefully. If anyone was doubting it, they are wrong. They're not doubting anymore. Yeah, and Trey Young also looked good in that game. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting to see two teams like the Hawks and the Pelicans, who are both just super young, put in work, really, and just watch how their young guys are going to develop. Because we'll be watching a lot of those players for years, probably the next 10 to 15, yep. between Trey Young and Zion. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's fair. And the last basketball-related thing, Ben Simmons hit a three, so for all those who chose Doncic over Ben Simmons on the pole, he's he's coming for you. He's, he's going to develop a shot, and just you wait. He's going to be the most well-rounded point guard in the league. So Basically everybody who did when I put up that poll, just so y'all know. Well, I can't wait for Ben Simmons to prove all of you wrong. So. All right, fair enough. All right, and the last thing that we're going to talk about for this segment is the XFL. They just announced that their draft is next week. So by the time this podcast fall or drops, it will, they'll be drafting in, I believe, two days. So it should be next Monday, mm-hmm. I want to say, Monday and Tuesday. It's a weird little thing that they're doing. So they're going to do quarterbacks first. I guess every team's going to get assigned a quarterback. Then they're going to do like an all-lineman draft. And then an all-skill position draft. And then fill out, like, close to 80 roster spots, I want to say. So, that's yeah, it's 72 players. Or 72 players. That's insane. Yeah. It is insane. Wait, on each team? Yeah. Yeah, we, we should try out. We should. Well, there's a chance. Yeah. But also, at the same time, uh, the players who do get drafted to the XFL, I think they'll have until December to sign a contract with the NFL. So, they could leave any time they want, which is why I think they have, you know, really large numbers just in case. Because so XFL possible. is trying to be a feeder system. It is. But there are some notable players that have been released as of today, Tuesday, October 8th. They've been releasing groups of players, or they will be releasing groups of players every day. And, you know, I'm just going to go over some notable names that have came out so far. So Landry Jones, he was a big one. Which Notable. Well, you know, it's a big one because Bob Stoops, he coaches the Dallas Renegades. So, uh, that might be exciting. And I'm going to just say, the last time Landry Jones was real exciting and dynamic was with that Oklahoma uh, team and Bob Stoops. So, that's that's a big one to look out for. Then you got Michigan State, the former quarterback over there, Connor Cook. He's going to be entering the draft. I think he's probably easily the second best quarterback going into this draft so far that we've seen. So, that's that could be exciting. That could actually launch his career potentially because I felt like he had a really bad shake. You know? Yeah, he went to Oakland. Yeah, he was did. it his only start in a playoff game when Carr got hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. That wasn't a, fair either. Yeah, it was it against was just, the Texans too. Yeah, yeah they had no one. They, they destroyed him. Yeah, but yeah. So, anyways, another person that is uh, of notable worth is running back Jonas Gray. For some of you football fans out there, he had a pretty short stint with the New England Patriots, but he played really well when he was there. You know, there was a time where he ran for when he averaged 200 yards a game and like two touchdowns, and then he overslept and Bill Belichick cut him. So <laughs> that's basically been the end of his career. But the he's Patriot making a comeback. Way. You know, yeah, that is the Patriot way. And then for all my last chance, you you know fans, I'm a huge last chance you fan. Ronald Ollie from the first season, arguably a fan favorite, and you know, a last chance you icon, arguably the face of last chance you so far. Has been invited to the draft. He's worked really hard. He was on the Raiders. He was on Hard Knocks before he got cut because, uh, you know, he was acting the fool. So he'll get another chance. And then lastly, I mean, this is kind of a side note, really. It does. He's not as important as, he's up, as these other guys. But the forgotten McCaffrey brother, Max McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had a couple of stints the with the Packers. McCaffrey yeah, the oldest one. Colorado represent. He had a couple of stints with the Packers, Jaguars, 49ers. He is, I, I don't know why, he but it's saying... He played for the Broncos for a few minutes. That's true, he did. He's a, Literally a few minutes. He's a yes. top-rated receiver in this draft. So there's some guys to look out for. Check out the XFL website. They'll be coming out with more groups of players every day. 
At least 50, I want to say. 50 to 100. You imagine being Max McCaffrey waiting for the XFL draft and just watching Christian McCaffrey terrorize the league right now? That's true. Hey, but, but his time might be also, coming. And also watching his younger brother Dylan get obliterated. <laughs> Michigan? Yeah, when he got yeah. concursed. Well, if Michigan's not smart, they might... They might Dylan McCaffrey might be joining the XFL pretty soon here, too. <laughs> I'll just be honest. If Michigan Four. doesn't manage him right. For the so. record, Jeff Boone, right here in this studio, I guess you could say, played against Dylan McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey. Yes, I played against both of them. Didn't play Max. No, not, not that old. That's and uh, wh- which one was worse? We both know the answer, but... What do you mean, do you mean, what do you mean the worst? Who's worse to play I mean, against? Yeah, against. Oh, yeah. definitely Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> weren't they, weren't they <laughs> both, like, five-star guys anyways, though? Yeah. Okay, Christian McCaffrey them. should have been a seven-star guy. He owned the state of Colorado every year he was Yeah, in he owned me, that's for sure. But I played both of them. That's for the record. Anyways, continue, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much it, so look out for that. Here at the Cycle 365, we're thinking about doing a live reaction to the XFL. Obviously, on the podcast next week, we'll probably talk about the draft all together. See, you know, if there's any potential contenders in the XFL moving forward. But anyways, that's the end of this segment. We're going to go into the baseball segment with Cody and Jesse. They're going to give y'all a quick rundown of baseball and the playoffs because it's been popping off. Yeah, we we look like, we don't look like complete idiots yet. No, we're we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. We missed one yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone missed that game. Coming up next. All right, and here on the cycle to wrap things up is Jesse and I talking some postseason baseball. Jesse, are you surprised by the outcomes of any of the series or wild card games so far? Um, I thought I didn't. I thought the Athletics would beat the Twins. Right. Oh, sorry, the Athletics beat the Rays. Yeah, they kind of got spanked. But the Rays won. They won convincingly too. Yeah. It's because the A's pitcher was kind of trash. Who was it? Uh, Sean Manea, I think oh, that's yeah. how you say it. He, Sean, yeah. yeah. He allowed like three home runs in the first five innings. Yeah, so that's the only surprising I think. Everything, everything else is what I thought. It's all coming together now. Yeah. But yeah, so the Dodgers and the Nationals they're play tied on Wednesday, and they're tied two apiece. Yeah, tied two two. We're yeah. both rooting for the Nationals, but can the they Dodgers. do it? I think they can do it. Well, it's back in LA, so we'll have to see how that goes. I mean, they've won one in LA, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, it went. The Dodgers won the first one, and then the Nationals, Nationals. and then the Dodgers, and then the Nationals. Yeah. So they've each won one away and one at home. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It'll be a good game. I think they could do it. Who do you think's going to go? Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers? I don't know. He was the one who lost, Let's take wasn't a look. he? Let's take a look. To... I'm pretty sure he's the one who lost to the Nationals the first time, but. I'm not necessarily sure. Yeah, let's see. So, the game is tomorrow, as of this recording, the Wednesday. It's, and Well, this recording is Tuesday the 8th. Yeah, but, but the games are played on Wednesday the 9th, yeah, yeah, yeah. as of this recording. So, it looks like they're going to do Steven Strasburg versus... Um, Clayton Kershaw's not going. It's uh, Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller, huh? For the Dodgers. I don't know. I think with that... Steven Strasburg's been dealing this postseason. Yeah, but... I mean, if you just look straight up on their stats, Steven Strasburg has allowed a run, two runs. His ERA is 150 and, or 1.5, sorry, not 150. Um, 1.5 in six innings, while Bueller hasn't allowed any runs in six innings. So, we'll have to see how that goes. I think it's going to be a, a slugfest, dude. It's going to be 
Well, not, not like the kind of cyclists I'm talking about, where like, hit a lot of home runs. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a, a long game. It's gonna be a, yeah, slug, but like. And both these teams have good defense, mm -hmm. too, at the same time. Yeah, I think they're gonna have, <laughs> this is gonna shot after shot, so it's gonna be like, Dodgers up one, Nationals time. Just on like on and on like that. Yeah, and, and it's back and well, forth game. Another thing to think about is I don't think that the Nationals are afraid of the spotlight because you think about it, they won their wild card game in the eighth inning alone. Mm -hmm. Like they were getting killed the whole game basically. Yeah, just outplayed by the Brewers. And, and then yeah, the they're able to play a whole game. Yeah. and so I'm not gonna write them off, but as no, far I as like staying true to like I think as far as like predicting it. I'm, I'm gonna still take the Dodgers. Uh, I don't know. I might. I might change my pick. Oh. I might go with the Nationals. The, the Nationals and the playing. NLCS, dude. Yeah. Against the next game that's gonna happen tomorrow it, as well. Yeah, they're both tomorrow. The uh, the Cardinals and the Braves. <clears throat> yep. So starting for the Cardinals is Flaherty, who's yeah. uh, okay. So far in the postseason, he's 0-1. With a 3.86 ERA. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, but he's been their ace for the regular okay. season, right? Yeah. And when he's at the top of his game, I think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Mm -hmm. The only problem with relying on this guy is that he's really young. I I don't even think he's yeah. like 24 years old. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but then Atlanta, yeah. Guy. Mike fulton uh, he's their ace. They're, they're both not holding anything back, that's for sure. Nope, it'll be, a, again, this is a, an elimination game. Everyone's just going to give it their all. Yeah, because if you don't make it past this game, well, then there's no point in... Yeah, there's no point in... Making it past... The, you can't make it past the next game. Cause, yeah, cause so lost, I'm going to still so. say the Braves. I think yeah. the Braves are going to win. Yeah, Flaherty is only 23 years old, and you know how young players do in the, do in the postseason. I mean, it's a completely different game. Yeah. I'm still probably going to go with the Braves. I'm going with the Braves. So that'll put, for me, the Dodgers, sorry, not the Dodgers, the Nationals and the Braves in the in the uh, National League Championship. And remember, if we go back to our podcast a few weeks ago, I said if the Braves get there um, and the Dodgers aren't in there, I think they could, they're going to go to the Super, or the Super Bowl, the, the World Series. <laughs> Come on, baseball. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we did discuss that for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So I think if the, Braves, if the Braves win, I think they will be in the World Series. I think they can win it. Yeah, I, I'm staying true to my pre original prediction. I'm not flip-flopping on the Dodgers and the Braves being in the NLCS, and I still believe that the Braves, regardless of who gets there, if they're giving maximum effort, can win that game. But there's been some concerns about effort from Atlanta side, especially with Acuna Jr., who yeah. literally apologized for not running hard enough in a October baseball game. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Like He's tired, bro. He's tired. I'm <coughs> just kidding. No, this is, this is make it or break it time right now. Um, I'm sure he is tired, but like that's what you prepare for. He's also a really young guy, so it's like he's his body's not ready for this many games. Like he last year was his rookie year, and all he did go off, but the Braves didn't make the playoffs, so like he didn't have to play this extra three series. Yeah. So he's this is his first time in it. So I think I think he'll figure it out and be fine. Do you think that's gonna be a concern? For the Braves, because so I don't know if you recall, but earlier in the year, he actually got pulled out of a game because he thought that he hit a home run and he stopped running, and he only got a double out of it. And the Braves ended up, I believe, losing that game, and he got pulled uh. because of the lack of effort. And now he once again is like publicly apologizing for it. Would you be concerned as a Braves fan about these 
effort issues in baseball? Probably not, because when it comes to baseball, like obviously there's like four times a game where you actually have to go 100% like full on go. Um, and I still think while Ron Acuna is, I mean, he still has 41 home runs this year and like yeah. he's gonna be fine. I think he'll be fine. I don't think that needs to, even if he doesn't give 100% on on one play, I think, I think you're still gonna be all right. All right. Yeah. So, the, in the NLCS, Jesse thinks that the Nationals are going to beat the Dodgers. I do. So I changed my, my mind. The people in the future will know if you were right or wrong. You're right. Because they're listening later. They're listening at the end of the week, and we are doing this now. And so, But you predict that if the Nationals and the Braves end up playing, that the Braves will go to the World Series? Yes. Okay. I do. Um, yeah, and that's the National League. Now we can... Now, in the American League... We have the game Yankees. going on currently right now. Yeah, there is a game currently going on right now. As as we speak on this podcast. The Rays are... Thumping. The Rays are beating the Astros 4-0. The Astros 4-0. Yeah. But they won their first game in Tampa Bay. This game's in Tampa Bay, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I think the Astros will close out the series in Houston. In Houston, you think? I think so, too. Yeah. I just don't see the Rays as yeah. an actual... Playoff team? Yeah, like... Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're a great team, but they're not a postseason baseball team. Yeah, I'll give the the Rays, I will give the Rays the benefit of the doubt that the Astros did throw Justin Verlander tonight and he didn't play well. He uh, got pulled in the fourth inning, so they're not going to see him in two days. Not going to see him on Thursday. Well, they'll probably start Cole. It's got to be Garrett Cole, and again, I mean, he's been, been... you know, really dicing everybody up. But I mean, he helped them win the first game in the series. Yeah, but I'm gonna also say like I've watched. I'm I'm, I'm a Pirates fan, low-key Pirates fan, and so oh, I watched tough here. Year. Well, that's fine. <laughs> They're all. It's always a tough year for a Pirates fan. <laughs> but but keeping it real, go Pirates. Anyway, I'm saying low-key Pirates fan. So I've seen Garrett Cole from when he started, and he's very a very hot and cold pitcher. So like he could he has most of the time he has been good. But if he gets in there and it's one of his off days, the Rays could win. Yeah, and they, they've shown in the playoffs in the playoff game against the A's, we saw that where, you know, Mane is not a bad pitcher by any means, but he was having an off day and the Rays made him pay for it with three home runs mm-hmm. in the first half of the game. And I mean, you you just can't overlook the Rays still have good batters, so Yeah, especially in the latter half of the season is when their bats started to get hot too. Mm-hmm which is a good time. But, I mean, it's just so hard to think that the Rays are going to beat the Astros just because... tough, I know, I mean, but... Garrett Cole, you know, he's a Cy Young candidate this year. Yeah, he's everything I mean, candidate this year. Come every, player of the year. <laughs> yeah, everything candidate. Yeah. And their bats are... Even though they didn't record the most home runs, you know, mm-hmm. they still probably have the best, like, most consistent bats in the playoffs. Yeah. As far as, like, reliability. And there's a lot of experience and, you know... I know that clutch isn't a measurement, but it is, though, at the same time. Yeah. Like, the Astros have clutch batters who can hit a good ball late in the game. So that, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to continue <clears throat> I'm gonna continue to ride off the Rays for the time being. Okay. And uh, I guess I'll eat my words if they beat the Yankees in the ALCS, but that's not going to happen if they win, so. Yeah, because that's their last team here. The Yankees, they swept. They swept. Minnesota. They smoked the yeah. Twins. I and think they outscored them like 28 to like 
yeah. ten or something really sad. Yeah. You know that the Twins have lost sixteen consecutive playoff games. Wow. And thirteen of those are to the Yankees. Wow. It's to the Yankees. Isn't it? The Yankees are the Twins' daddy <laughs> right now. Am I allowed to say that? On no. <laughs> say it again. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> say it again, but not that. The Yankees own the Minnesota Twins. There you go. That's good. But yeah, but the Yankees. I mean, good for DJ Mayhew. He's finally getting some, getting a run, because he wasn't there when, when we went to the when the Rockies went to the World Series, back in two thousand eight. Yeah, because he's he's too young. Yeah, he was too young. And so I mean, he was he was with the Rockies when we beat the Cubs in the wild card. Oh yeah, I mean he's been to the playoffs, but like, watching this series, like, the Yankees are gonna make a deep run. So it's just good for him, because we like each other, Mayhew. And the Yankees pitching looked yeah. really good against the Twins. And I think another thing is the Yankees' like defense is really good. Mm-hmm. Like like you were saying, DJ LeMahieu, yeah, he has a great bat, but he's also a phenomenal second baseman. Yeah. Like they can make plays in the outfield, in the infield, and at at the mound. So and then obviously plays at the bag because well, that's what they're known for. You know, they hit over three hundred homers this year. Yeah. So most home runs. Do you think if the Rays win that they can beat the Yankees? No, I don't. I think the Yankees are going to go on to the... If, I think, well, if the Rays if the Rays win, they're definitely not... But the um, Yankees are definitely going to go to the World Series. Um, but if the Astros go, it'll be a good battle. So we'll have to see. Who are you going to take if it's Astros-Yankees? <sighs> I'm going to change my answer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Yankees just just because the pitchers will have, re- have rested. Yeah. Like they're they're juiced up right now. Yeah, I mean the Yankees are a fresh team because they only played three games. Yeah, they're completely fresh. Um, and the Astros, like they're two guys, like we're talking about here, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Like they're they both have pitched in two games this series. Yeah, and out of four games, they both like they're the only ones that have started. Wow. So first like, off, that's nuts. <laughs> Second off, the thing about like baseball playoffs too is that there's no like. It's not like NFL where there's a week between games. It's two days. You know, it's just like games constantly. It's like, it's like uh, the NHL. Yeah, it's like the NHL. Yeah. It just I don't know why, but I feel like those like sports that have the series should try and stretch it out a little bit more. I mean, you could, but then think about that. Like, like baseball is already a really starts long in February basically, and we are now in October, and it's still going on. Yeah. Like, it's pretty much a year-round thing. So, like, if you extend it another week, or, like, not even another week, sorry, another month, and you're getting done at the end of November and the beginning of December, players have, like, one month of off-season and they're back at it again. <laughs> that's that's fair from a player's standpoint. Okay. Yeah. I'll see that one. And I would say just baseball. Like, I could see, you could extend like extend hockey and, and basketball mm-hmm. and all that stuff, pro basketball and pro hockey, but... Not baseball, because baseball is already they're long just, enough. They're just getting started in October, and their season's end in June. Yeah. So July, August, September. Yeah. yeah. They're not even doing preseason stuff really till yeah. August or Yeah, whereas September. like a baseball player would have one month of offseason, and maybe I had to begin, so. Yikes. I mean, they still only have two months, even with the current, the current, like, format, so. Yeah. So. It's still rough to be a baseball player in the World Series, but you also get a ring, so. No big it's deal. It's worth it. No big deal. So, Yankees and Braves for both of us right now. Yeah, I still think, oh man, I think, I think the Braves would take it. 
like you said, because the Braves, act, well, like I said in the last podcast, if the Braves make the World Series, they're going to win. Yeah. There's something that's just different yeah. about this. Like, yeah, I, th- it's my it's my job as a podcast guy to be like, ooh, Acuna's effort, but I personally don't doubt it. No, I think he'll be fine. And he could even potentially be the MVP of the season. Oh, and I think, he, I think if, if the Braves win, he's going to have to be. Yeah. So. Make or break. Yeah. So, go Braves, just because I want to be right. Yeah. More than anything. And I don't remember the last time they won a World Series. I'd rather see the Braves win a World Series the than Yankees, cause the yeah, Yankees, we just don't like the or the Yankees. Astros, or the Dodgers. Yeah, because they've all been there for the last four years. So. I wouldn't mind the Nationals winning. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Just someone new. So, order, order of someone that I don't mind winning. Number one, Braves. <laughs> number two, Nationals. Number three, Cardinals. Tampa Bay, bro. I would be fine seeing Tampa Bay win. I, I don't know. I'm drinking too much Haterade. I can't Why? be wrong. I can't be wrong. That's the okay, thing. Okay. I've gone two shows now just bashing the Rays, and if they win, then I'm going to look like an idiot. Okay, so. but here's the best, the best thing about it, why I'd want the Rays to win and why I'd be totally okay with it, especially if they beat the Yankees, is because the Yankees, like, money-wise, like, it's so like the, the Yankees have lots of money, and it'd be just good to see a, like a small market team like the Rays who are literally at the bottom. So like if you look at a chart, like the Yankees are number one, the Rays are number 31? The 31 team? I think it's just 30. 30? They're literally dead last. So it'd be cool to see the last team be the you know. Because then the it means team. it's all scouting. Yeah. And you as a scout really get I a kick scouting. out of that. Huh? Yeah, I would. So. Yeah. All right, so boo Yankees, but <laughs> they're probably going to end up in the World Series. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So let us know if you agree with us. Thank you for listening to The Cycle 365. This was episode 7. It was recorded on October 8th, just so y'all know. This is Simon Villanos. Cody Stauffer. And I'm Jesse Booten. And we want the Redskins. Yeah, we're going to buy the Redskins. <laughs> Hashtag cycle for the Redskins. Ooh, The Cycle 365 for the Redskins. Oh, yeah. We still got to worry about trademark and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on our social media and check out our website. And our YouTube channel. Yeah, don't follow us physically. That's kind of weird. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) All right, we better head out. Peace. Bye. Hey, guys. It's Jesse Booten here from your favorite podcast, The Cycle 365, where we talk sports 365 days a year. Just kidding. We don't do it. We do it once a week. But anyways, I'm here with uh, my videos of the week. Um, So first one, if you want to see the mental breakdown of the week, Watch SMU playing Tulsa, and Tulsa's kickoff return team just stands there and watches the ball bounce into the end zone, and then the SMU guy jumps on it. It's the longest onside kick of all time ever seen. If you want to see bringing it back, the gross video of the week, watch Colts linebacker Kamoko Ture dislocate his ankle trying to tackle Patrick Mahomes. And then the best play of the week comes from college football. Watch Deshaun Jameson, the uh, defensive back from Texas, one hand, Ridiculous one-handed interception over West Virginia. So yeah, check out those videos. They'll be on our on our page, webpage. Links down below. Click it and have fun watching. Thanks.